Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 4 to 11. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted them in all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I brought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, to the delight of the sons of men. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the and the toil I had expended in doing it. And behold, all was vanity, and a strifing after wind, and there was nothing to be gained after the sun. God, you have given us this amazing life with all sorts of gifts. Help us as we ask these, these big questions of life. Give us clear minds and honest hearts to reflect on our lives in the grand scheme of things. And most of all, lead us to true satisfaction in you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I think purpose is a really good answer to, what, to the question in the survey. Purpose is a good answer for what can give satisfaction in life. Because having no purpose in life is a tragedy. Um, a good, good friend of mine really struggled with this. I remember being at Indra Philly's shopping center and getting his call and hearing him say, hey man, I think I want to end my life. And my, my heart just sank hearing this. I, I knew he had depression and, and was struggling to find meaning, but I didn't know it was this bad. So I said, wait right there. I'm coming over. Stay at home. And I, I get to his house, and I listen to him, and, and he says, man, I feel like everything is meaningless. Like I have no clue of what I'm doing in my life. Nothing would change if I died, and no one would care. I feel lost, I feel numb, I feel like nothing is worth it. It's a tragedy, right? And his story isn't something that's a story in isolation. It, it isn't an anomaly. This sense of purposeless in life is something that is experienced widely amongst people and at alarming rates for young people. Let me give you some statistics here. Harvard conducted a survey in December 22 of young adults across America, across the ages of 18 and 25, 
And now they, they, they surveyed a couple more people than we did in the St. Lucia area, but the results were shocking. A whopping 42% of young adults reported either depression or anxiety, and 23% of them reported both depression and anxiety. Wow. That, that is an absolute tragedy. Millions of young men and young women are, are wrestling with this crippling, crippling way of living. And here's a kicker. The Harvard report says that the clearest driver and correlation for these mental health challenges is having little or no purpose or meaning in life. I'm just reading straight from the report here. They say, half of the young people in the survey said that their mental health was negatively effect, affected by not knowing what to do with their life. And more than half, 58% reported experiencing little or no meaning in life in the previous month. The statistics are clear. It's tragic to live a life without purpose. We need purpose. There's something really deep in our nature for us to be for something and directed towards something and moving towards something. We are like existential sharks if we stop moving, we die. We need to keep moving so we don't fall into this existential vacuum that a lot of philosophers say there is. The void and the hole in our hearts is full of inner emptiness. We are dynamic creatures directed towards some end. We need a purpose. We need a purpose to get us through the inevitable suffering and hardship and challenges of life. Now I want you to imagine for a moment the, the Nazi Germany concentration camps. If there's any place in the world that, can un, that, that we can look to and understand what keeps people going through hardships, this is the place. Uh, psychiatrist Dr. Viktor Frankl was a Jew who survived the Auschwitz concentration, concentration camp. And in, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, he writes that those who, saw no more, uh, those who saw no more sense to their lives and had no purpose were the first to die. The only ones who did survive the concentration camp were those with a purpose. Frankl took on and lived out this quote from the famous philosopher, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche. He says, He who has a why to live can bear with almost any how. Purpose gave those who survived the drive to bear with the atrocious conditions. They found meaning in their struggle and they pushed on. Purpose is what brings meaning and reason to the hardship of life. We need purpose. And, and yet we think back to that statistic that 60% of young people are living their lives without experiencing any sense of meaning or purpose in their life in the past month. And we combine that with the fact that, that 
they are going through some of the hardest times right now. They are living through hardship. And it is no wonder that so many are crippled with facing these mental health challenges. Should we look down on millennials then and just say, you guys just aren't looking hard enough for your purpose and you're not trying hard enough to fulfill it. It, it, it's so obvious why you're depressed. You, you've got to find a purpose in your life and fulfill it. But here's the thing. They are trying to find it. That's why so many people are answering our survey and saying, what would give me satisfaction in life is finding a purpose in my life and fulfilling it. I know it's important. I hate this feeling of feeling lost and clueless and unimportant in my life. I hate feeling like my life has no meaning. I, I'm trying to find my purpose, but I just can't find it. Should we look down into millennials? No. They, they are trying to find purpose, but finding it so elusive. I, I want to break that down a little more. I, th I, I think this younger generation puts its finger on some, a couple of things that are really important and rightly say, that is not where satisfying purpose lies. Let me give you two observations for where purpose is not found. Observation number one, pleasure is not the answer. If life is about maximizing happiness, how should purpose be found? The obvious answer is to pursue pleasure. Follow your impulses, live for the moment. Maximize delight and minimize suffering. Then, we look at the lives of the celebrities living the pleasure-driven life. We look at the lives of people like the Rolling Stones. They've lived lives purely on maximizing pleasure, full of drug use, full of sex, full of living for themselves and living for triviality. And now they're 80 years old and they are still singing the same song that they are as when they were 20. I can't get no satisfaction. A life pursuing pleasure is not an answer. It's not the answer. Here's another example. Uh, the actor and comedian Jim Carrey, immensely famous, immensely rich and popular. He spent his life pursuing pleasure in all of those things, and he found it. And this is what he has to say. He says, I think Everyone should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they realize it is not the answer. Pleasure is not the answer to where satisfying purpose is found. Observation number two. Acquisition is not the answer. There are people who live their lives trying to get stuff to buy a house, to obtain money and make a name for themselves. They make it their life's purpose to pursue something and to get it. Here's a quote from uh, Malcolm Forbes, the guy who started the Forbes magazine. He says, 
He who dies with the most toys wins. It's a mantra that was taken up by millions of people, particularly baby boomers and people today as they try to build their quarter-acre kingdoms, you know, filling their lives with stuff. And as you fill your life with enough things, that will leave you satisfied. But a lot of us have seen firsthand that no amount of stuff can fill that existential vacuum that's in our hearts. And really, ironically, you get a bigger house, you get a bigger car, and you fill it with all sorts of stuff, and yet, ironically, you feel more empty. Acquisition is not the answer. These things fail to meet our deepest desires, and they fail to truly satisfy. Uh, to summarize everything so far, we, we need purpose. The purpose is hard to find. But there's a sense in which we, we are not the first people to at, arrive at this kind of conclusion. Not the first people to have gone on this kind of journey. Uh, we, we had a great Bible reading before from, from Zoe. She read it out great. From the Old Testament in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you've got your Bibles, uh, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Uh, we'll also get it up on the slides, but if you have a Bible, turn to chapter 2. This book is so insightful and thoughtful. It was written 3,000 years ago, but what ex- what, what's extraordinary is that you have a man who's asking the same questions about life as we are. What, what is a life that gives me satisfaction? And what's so interesting is that the answers that this guy came to 3,000 years ago are the same as what we're just coming to now. So here's what writer of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon, the, the son of King David, has to say as he considers life under the sun, as, as he considers life without God and, and life that's only confined to these 80 years here on earth. Have a look with me. Chapter 2, verse 1. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. But behold, this was also vanity. It was meaningless. I said of laughter, it is mad and of pleasure. What use of it? He comes to the same conclusion as us. Living your life for pleasure is not the answer. So he tried a couple of other things. Come down to to verse 4. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I also had great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any of whom have been before me in Jerusalem." I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and of provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, much to the delight of the sons of men. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. We know that King Solomon had everything, all the power in the world, all the money in the world, 
He had 700 wives and 300 girls on the side. And if you view your life purpose as getting things, King Solomon had more things than you can ever imagine. But look at verse 11. Here's his big thing. Verse 11. Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, it was vanity. It was meaningless. A striving after wind. And there was nothing to be gained under the sun. That's the same conclusion that we're making now. Acquisition is not the answer. He had all the pleasure and acquisitions in the world, and it doesn't satisfy. It is all vanity and meaningless. Uh, the Hebrew word for that is hevel, which literally means vapor or smoke. To explain that, smoke, smoke is like a thing, but when you try to grab it, it it's like it's totally not a thing. You try to grab it and it's, it's gone. And so for the people who think, I will only be satisfied when I get that job, when I get that degree, when I get a wife, then I'd be satisfied. Those people don't realize that once they have it, it's like holding on to smoke. Because once you get what you want, it's short-lived, isn't it? What was special yesterday and so important and was your purpose is ordinary today and forgotten tomorrow. We get something, and it, it, it's good, but then it fades. We need to get the next hit, and the next hit, and the next hit. Solomon goes on to say, anything that you gain in life will be left behind. He who gains the most toys in life wins. That, that, that couldn't be any further from the truth. He who dies with the most toys still dies, and his, his toys vanish into smoke as he passes on to eternity. It's all Havel. Purpose is not found in gaining pleasure, and purpose is not found in gaining things. Is it pointless then to want a purpose in life then? Solomon says something really interesting. Uh, he comes to a, what I'll call a provisional answer, uh, something that he repeats pretty much on every page in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you've got your Bible, flick down to chapter 2, verse 24. Here, here's his provisional answer, his, not his final answer. Here's what he says. There is nothing better for a person and that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. Now, another way to think of toil is your purpose, the thing that you work and you strive for. Now, think with me here. If, if the reward for your toil and all your work is meaningless, is it still worth the toil? Actually, yes. Yes, it is. Because even though the reward may slip away, the journey and the process is still good. So enjoy your toil. Throw yourself into a purpose 
and enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey that your purpose is taking you on. The thinkers of our modern day would say the same thing. Find a purpose that is so big and so hard to achieve and dedicate your life to fulfilling it. Or some other people say, find a couple of small pur- find a small purpose and spend your life achieving that. And once you've got that, find the next thing. Find the next purpose and chase that and so on and so on and so on. But either way, keep dedicating your life to the process and the chase. Because it's not, it's not the reward that matters, it's the toil and the journey that matters. Have something to keep living for and keep chasing for. It will get you moving through the hardships and troubles of life. And as you do that, you will create meaning for the hardships. You will overcome challenges and you will learn from lessons. So the million-dollar question is, can purpose give you satisfaction? Yes. Yes, it can. And yet, no. It can't give you true satisfaction. If there is no God in your life, finding satisfaction in committing to a purpose or various purposes purposes is the best thing you can do with your life. But let, you, let me warn you, there are three things, three longings that you're going to need to ignore. I got to go through them real quickly, but you can have a read of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and just sit and meditate on it if you want. Longing number one, you've got to ignore your longing for eternity. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 says, God has put eternity into the hearts of men. You've got to ignore the part that's inside of you that wants there to be more than these 60, 70 years of life. Longing number two, you've got to ignore the longing for a greater significance. Solomon's argument that is that if there is no God to give us significance and we're just a product of random chance, how are we any more significant than the beasts? How are we worth any more than a cow or a pig? Longing number three. You've got to ignore your longing for justice, true justice. As much as people throw themselves into the cause of social justice, of wanting to end wars, of wanting to end poverty... Under the sun, Solomon says that there will be no end to the evil deeds and oppressions done. As much as purpose gives satisfaction in life, there are some longings you're going to need to ignore. Uh, I had a friend who was my coworker and, and senior accountant when I was back in the corporate world. I really looked after him. Um, he had a great family, a great wife, had a beautiful daughter and son that he loved, and he loved his work. Uh, and we were chatting one night, uh, one Friday night, and he, he told me, he told me this, probably because he knows that I'm a Christian and probably because he was a little bit drunk. He said, man, 
my life is really good. I, I, I love my kids. I love my wife. And I love this job. But sometimes I wonder if this is all that there is. My colleague was someone who enjoyed himself in his toil and committed himself to a really good purpose in life. He committed himself to the purpose of his family and of his job. It was a pretty good life. But here, here he's longing, he's latching on to those faintest traces of longing. And what I want to say is, if you ever have that thought in the future, or even if you have that thought right now, don't ignore it. Listen to it. Listen to the dissatisfaction. Here's a quote from a Christian author, uh, a guy called C.S. Lewis. He wrote the Narnia series, and this is what he has to say in his classic book, Mere Christianity. He says, creatures are not born with the desire, creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger, well, there is such a thing as food. A dunkling wants to swim, well, there is such a thing as water. If I find myself with a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Probably, earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy, but to suggest the real thing. I'm convinced that there is something better than even the best purposes the wisest of us humans can come up with. There is a purpose that fills the longing and dissatisfaction that we feel. Because that purpose is the one purpose that we don't come up with ourselves. But the one purpose that is given to us by our creator and our designer. Have a look with me. Have a flip all the way to the end of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. This is the last chapter of the book. And have a look at verse 13. Verse 13. Here's Solomon's final answer to the matter of satisfaction. He says, here's the conclusion to the matter. After all has been heard, fear God in reverent worship and honor, and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Now that word duty is our purpose. It's our purpose, except it's, it's not a purpose that we find within ourselves or come up with ourselves. It's a purpose that has been given to us by our Creator, It's a purpose that has been wired into our DNA and etched into our existence and something that we ought to be obliged to do. God has made us and given us life and breath and every good gift that we can imagine and it is our our duty, our purpose, our obligation to fear Him, which means to worship Him and revere Him with your whole life. He he is owed that worship, and He is owed 
your thanksgiving and he is owed your gratitude. This is the whole duty of man, that you remember your creator and honor and live for him. That is the one purpose in life that will truly satisfy because that is the one purpose that you were made for. Let me finish with this. Uh, Here's what St. Augustine, a 5th century theologian, had to say in his autobiography. He says, You, God, have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until we find rest in you. You, God, have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until we find rest in you. We can all see it, that our hearts are restless. That is why there is something in us that is constantly seeking out a purpose, constantly seeking out something to chase after and something to move towards like a shark. We see our restless hearts and St. Augustine says, there is one place it can find rest, one place that it can be satisfied and it doesn't need to chase. Because in God, you can rest in the fact that all of your deepest longings are satisfied. Your longing for significance is satisfied because when you look to the cross, you you see God and you see Him sending His one and only Son to give up His life, to die on a cross because that's how much you mean to Him. You long for eternity and you know for a fact that God promises you that anyone who believes in His Son will not perish but have eternal life. You're longing for justice. You look to Jesus and you know that one day He is coming back to judge every good and evil deed done in the history of this planet. And he will judge the world fairly and justly. Christians don't need to find a purpose or spend their lives chasing after a purpose. They are given a purpose. They are given a duty. And their deepest longings are satisfied in God. He is the only one who can fulfill those longings because he's the one who put them there. You have made us for yourself, God, and our hearts are restless until it rests in you.